From member-supported Colorado Public Radio, I'm Andrea Dukakis. The other day, I heard a story about something healing and uplifting that came out of the Columbine Massacre. I learned about it from a colleague at Colorado Public Radio, Carla Walker. She hosts a classical music show. We wanted to share that story with you as a bonus episode on Since Columbine about how one shooting 20 years ago changed America. So, Carla, give me a little background on this. Well, Andrea, music has always helped people deal with tragedy, and that was no exception at Columbine either. The very next day after the shooting, plans began developing to commission a piece of music for the high school band and for the entire Columbine community. Brent Biscop worked with the school band at the time. Everybody wanted to do something, and the music community reacted the same way. In this case, Andrea, the musical community that Brent Biscop is talking about was the CU Boulder Band just up the road. Some of the band students, along with their professor, came up with the idea for a commission, which is a pretty rare thing in the world of high school bands. And why is it rare? Because it is so expensive, especially for a high school band budget. But in this case... Two CU Boulder students decided to take the lead to raise the money, and they sent out letters to chapters of a national honor band fraternity called Kappa Kappa Psi. And within two weeks, they had all the money that they needed raised. In fact, they had to send checks back. They had raised more than they needed. I've covered Columbine since the tragedy happened and talked to a lot of survivors over the years, and I've never heard about this. You know, unless you play in a band or you've been to a band concert where it was performed— That's not unusual. It's likely that you haven't heard about it, the piece or the story. In fact, I was recently talking with a top administrator at Columbine who had started working at the school after the shooting, and he didn't even know about it. The story was just never told. It happened outside the view of TV cameras, and it's remained largely unknown outside the band world. But inside the band world, the piece of music has spread, and it's been played now after mass shootings in other places. Alan McMurray was the director of bands at CU Boulder after Columbine and helped to lead the commission. Sadly, I mean, the piece continues to be relevant. Um, I, I think when, when Columbine happened, it was something that was unimaginable. And, and uh, we now live in a world where it seems like it's imaginable. So where does that story start? On the day of the shooting, in the band room, the wind ensemble class was working on a piece by composer Frank DeKelly, his setting of the old folk tune Shenandoah. Alan McMurray from CU Boulder had shared the background of this arrangement with the Columbine students. It was commissioned in response to the loss of life of a middle school student in Texas at Hill Middle School. So I I told the Columbine Band about this story and about uh, how this uh, loss of life um, had meaning through music and and, uh, how the students healed as a result of that. That was before the shooting, remember, an eerie coincidence. Then, not long after the rehearsal ended at Columbine that morning, the rampage began. Within 24 hours of the shooting, the CU students have put the wheels in motion for a commission. Brent Biscop was in the band at CU and worked with the Columbine students and says the choice of composers was obvious. 
because the kids were working on Shenandoah at that time, uh, they wanted Frank. But the composer, Frank Tickelly, wasn't so sure. I was a little skeptical at first of even taking this on. That was just, I, you know, I just thought, who am I to even pretend to understand the kind of pain this community is going through? Part of that skepticism came from having to compose music about such a heart-wrenching event. But to Kelly says, the Columbine band students pointed the way. I thought, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to express this? It was the kids' idea. They said, we don't want to relive the tragedy. And I thought, that's perfect for me, because I didn't want to do that either. I didn't want to write a piece that relives this tragedy. Uh, let me just write a piece that's about hope. And so composer Frank Tickelly begins the piece symbolically. The music starts way down in the bottom and just gradually lifts itself upward. It's almost like a 10-minute long lifting of the head skyward. I'm just thinking of that all the time, just as sort of up, just slowly lifting the spirit and metaphorically lifting the head skyward. Why did you use horns there? There's something about the horns. The sound sort of envelops the room. It's sort of all around you. And I wanted this sound to literally kind of, literally embrace the room, embrace the players, embrace the audience, embrace everyone in the environment. It, they just seemed like, it seemed like the right instrument for what I was trying to do. One year and three days after that terrible day at Columbine, Frank Tickelly stepped on stage in the auditorium at CU Boulder to conduct his new piece called American Elegy. The media wasn't invited. It was strictly for the community. It was a joint concert between the CU Wind Ensemble and the Columbine High School Band. But then for this piece, the university players got up and left the stage, and what was left was just the high school kids. And suddenly, everything just was smaller. The size of the ensemble, the age of the kids younger, and you felt the, the vulnerability, I guess, of kids at that age. It was very powerful. And on that stage, Brent Biscop remembers a stark reminder of the lives affected by the shooting. The kids had made a decision that um, they wanted to leave two chairs open with roses in them. Um, <clears throat> one in, in commemoration of a clarinet player and one for a tuba player. And, and both of those two students were, were shot and they both survived. They were paralyzed. And so they were going to be in wheelchairs and so they were not... Um, they were not at the concert that evening. The kids wanted to make sure that they had some type of um, something there that, that displayed those students who were, who were part of the group as well. Composer Frank DeKelly wanted to incorporate the school's alma mater in the piece, but Columbine didn't have one. So DeKelly wrote one and then quoted from it in American Elegy. 
part I quote is the part, We are Columbine. We all are Columbine. I quote that. And uh, those words, we are Columbine, first asserts the pride in the, of the school, and then we all are Columbine is how we all felt. We were all Columbine at that time. Just after that, we are Columbine quote in the piece, a trumpeter plays offstage. It's sad. It's I'm trying to write a piece about hope, but I'm also not I'm also acknowledging the grief. And this is a lone voice. I imagine just some voice of someone with not on the planet. Some maybe just something celestial. It could be religious. It could be the spirit of someone who who was a victim of the shooting tragedy. It could be anyone. But my point is it's a voice that's not here speaking in that offstage trumpet. Still get... It still, it still gets, gets you? Me. Yeah. That's it. And then the oboe takes over in agreement. The oboe is on stage. Yes, back on stage representing the people again with, you know, people with their feet on the ground again. And now from here it builds to the end. It's just a giant build to a huge climax. Do you think there was a dry eye in the auditorium that night? Uh, there were a lot of tears, uh, both on stage and off. Do you think that music is healing? Music always helps uh, because it takes us to this place that words alone can't touch. I mean, it's a place that is only inhabited by music, that music occupies it. It can help us understand things in ways that words cannot. American Elegy has continued to resonate in band rooms and concert halls. In early 2018, American Elegy was performed at Carnegie Hall, and Kelly remembers talking with the conductor for that performance. He said, I'm performing your elegy at Carnegie Hall in memory of the victims of the school shooting. And I said, which one? And he said, the one that's going to happen between now and the Carnegie Hall concert. Two days after that Carnegie Hall concert, 17 students and staff members were killed at Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Two of those 17 were band members. It turns out that Columbine and Parkland are not only connected through tragedy, but also through music. Stoneman Douglas High School asked Kelly to conduct another one of his works, also about loss, called Rest. The Stoneman Douglas Band performed rest at their fine arts concert organized in response to their tragedy. You know, and I'm honored that they would perform my music 
for these kinds of events. And every time it seems like there's a, a shooting tragedy, I get an email from someone saying we're performing your elegy. And every time I'm honored, but every time it makes me sad that the situation makes it so. But the legacy of American elegy is not all bittersweet. Brent Biscop was the offstage trumpeter the night of the premiere 19 years ago, and looking back, he thinks the piece achieved far more than the CU Boulder band students and their professor could have imagined when they organized the commission. I think it's one of the positives that came out of uh, such a terrible tragedy, of course, but there were some positives, and, and this is one of them. You know, a, a great piece of music and the sense of hope, which I think was really important, especially for those kids at the time. And as the piece has spread to thousands of band rooms in the years since, its legacy has been cemented. As one conductor wrote to me, American Elegy, he said, has given us all an opportunity to mourn, heal, and hope. This year, American Elegy came full circle when the Columbine Wind Ensemble performed the piece at its spring concert almost 20 years to the day after the shooting. Carla, so I'm hoping that the piece is still played today. It has taken flight over the last 20 years, but most of that has happened outside of the Columbine community. The music publisher told me recently it's been performed over 10,000 times since Columbine. Thanks so much for sharing the story with us. Andrea, thank you for the opportunity. It's, it's a delight to be able to tell it because it's so close to my heart. And we'll have one more bonus episode of Since Columbine next. It's an interview with President Clinton about his memories of the shootings and his efforts to console the community after the attack. Members make all this work possible. Become a member at CPR.org. This bonus episode of Since Columbine was reported by Carla Walker. It was edited by Rachel Estabrook. Post-production by John Pino and David Fender. Theme music from Blue Dot Sessions. Since Columbine is a production of member-supported Colorado Public Radio. 